Forget your former managers, ignore the ex-pros. As football fans, we all know the real experts drink in pubs. It's funny, it's argumentative, and often it's just plain wrong. Welcome to the Foss Arms Public House and welcome to the Leicester City Pubcast. Hello everyone, welcome to an ecstatic Foss Arms. Yes! Get in there! Leicester City are going to the FA Cup final. Get in there! Good evening, Norm. How are you? Uh, elated. And Killer, good evening. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm just laughing at Norm's voice. Norm has got that slightly deeper, we're going to Wembley voice. <laughs> Virtually, virtually no voice left we should have we've got a slightly uh, different format to usual to uh to um, today's podcast we're clearly going to be talking about this monumental occasion for the club first time since 1969 in most most leicester supporters lifetimes it's fair to say absolutely terrific story uh, and then we're going to be talking about that and then we're going to also touch on this uh nightmare European Super League and, and any implications it might have uh, from a city angle. But with only one place to start, Norm, I'm going to say three words to you. K, Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> magnificent, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, look, if the excitement of um, our first FA Cup semi-final wasn't enough, um, do you want to say a massive, massive thank you to our friend, Clive, who's a Club Wembley uh, member and a West Ham fan, who uh, very, very kindly, knowing we were Leicester fans, um, gave us um, three tickets uh, for myself, Tim, and another friend, John, um, for the for for the actual semi final, and it was so like very, very kind of him, and to take part in the trial and actually be there, you know, set the excitement levels at. Well, levels I can I can barely explain, but um, I'm probably more nervous about having to get the the COVID ne- negative test to be allowed in. You know, the thought of not being able to attend the game after so long was like filling me with dread. But thanks, Clive. I feel so incredibly lucky to have managed to get to the game. So and to cheer on the team and enjoy the atmosphere. It really was, you know, incredible. And it it really felt like everybody in that stadium was a Leicester fan. It, that that that's how good it how good it felt so um i can having said all that i can forgive perez another poor performance i can forgive <laughs> ricardo arguably his worst performance in a leicester shirt i can forgive the poor fare that both teams served up on which, which is normal for a semi-final although i have to say the back three of evans uh Sernche and fafana I, they were. I thought they were immense. I mean, Southampton didn't really get a, get a sniff, but it all pales into insignificance, doesn't it? When you watch Vardy turn his man, and he's been getting some a bit of stick lately, not from Leicester fans, but a lot of people thinking he's, you know, struggling a bit. But what he still gives to this team, we cannot take that away from him. Turning his man, charging into the box. Um, playing it to, um, well, whilst it looked like it was probably meant for Castagna, the spirit of Leicester. Iheanacho provides the finish. That's, oh, my God, just the thought of jumping up and down in a stadium was just uh, oh, just so magic. And 
the final whistle to know we were in the FA Cup final for the first time in my lifetime, as you alluded to, to many Leicester fans' night lifetimes, and to be able to like celebrate that fact. Oh my God! I just, I'm just utterly, utterly lost for words. And what an opportunity now we have to get rid of the tag of the team who have visited the have been to the most cup finals without winning. Come on, roll on the 15th of May and please, please, please make it a day that we will never, ever forget. And why not? It's just all gone so well, isn't it, with Man City getting knocked out by Chelsea. That's not going to be an easy ride. Chelsea are one to two and we're six to four today, but that feels probably about right. But hey, we are well used to playing the plucky underdog. Uh, as Norm quite rightly said, we were, uh, he and I were lucky enough to go along. And it, it really was a, a, a very, very different experience. 4,000 fans in there. The COVID test before um, needing to be done within a within a 24-hour period. And it's going to be quite interesting to see how, if post the 21st of June and life is normal, they managed to do that for 90,000 people. It's very straightforward security. But obviously then in the ground... It was a very, very strange experience. But yet again, it was absolutely clear that Leicester were by far the biggest supporter of the two sides. I don't know, Killer, did that come through on, on, on the telly or not? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. I mean, um, to be honest, it, it did sound, because you know what it's like. I mean, it doesn't. sometimes you don't always pick up the atmosphere, do you? It, it did sound really echoey, as you can appreciate. But, uh, yeah, it did look like Leicester had the nod. Obviously, I think they made the point of trying to sort of suggest that whilst there was mainly neutrals, there might have been a few few people had got in. So I think they were trying to sort of do an even spread of, of you know, identifying a few a few Saints fans and stuff. But, um, yeah, look... We we do know that Leicester are, uh, are one of those teams where um, we could we could play anywhere and we would somehow always get people going. So yes, yeah, so all, all, all very good. And there, there were there were two or three things that, that sort of stood out for me um, dur during the evening, really. So the, the first one, and and again, you know, we're going to touch on this Super League later and this complete lack of class that these clubs have got. Our club is full of class, and there was a, there was a very interesting moment at the start. And it may have played to um, the support that City had, albeit out of 4,000 people. Clearly, the vast majority of people in that stadium, in principle, were neutral. Although there was a, there were a nice little, uh, a little, little knot of Leicester fans near us, actually. But both sides ran out to uh, before before the kickoff. And again, I don't know if this came through. Southampton ran out and started kicking the ball around, warming up as usual. Ultimately, they're in a neutral stadium. Fair play to them. Our players went out, applauded one end, ran up the other end and applauded that end. And, you know, that, that had obviously been thought through by someone. And that is just typical of our club. A, the, I don't think they were doing it for any cynical reason. Please support us. They were doing it to say thank you to the NHS workers. And I just thought, uh, yet again, spot on the money, Leicester City Football Club. I thought that was superb. The other thing, and a really, really great moment at the end when the when the players came off and filed down the tunnel. Um, Brendan, Brendan Rodgers, we were 
there was a, about six or seven of us screaming, Brandon, Brandon, we've done it. We're punching out, punching the air. And because of the nature of the empty stadium, he could actually hear us. And he looked up and he punched the air mimicking what we were doing. And that, that was a really, really lovely moment. And then to cap it all off on the, on the way out, um, we actually saw Christian Fuchs as well. And he gave us a big smile and a big, a big thumbs up. Uh, as he was waiting for his blacked out uh, expensive car whatever it was so there's a few nice touches that you wouldn't that you wouldn't normally get but certainly a very very strange experience and for me it took it took some of the nerves away uh, which which I was quite grateful for but uh, killer let's let's get into the match a, a little bit um, it, I mean, it was a desperate affair for the neutral, wasn't it, really? Yeah, not one for the neutral. It was a <laughs> not a Sunday afternoon classic. Totally echo what Norm said. Um, absolutely immense. I can't remember ever. I mean, I've watched Leicester City now since I was about seven. I can't remember ever, ever watching Leicester City play anyone at any level and the opposition literally had not one single chance. The back three and Ndidi were that good. Absolutely immense. From Leicester's point of view, you don't want to be too critical. But of course, I will take the opportunity. <laughs> and the reason I'll take the opportunity because I thought Perez was a strange pick, especially given the fact that obviously he decided the week before that actually rather than train and keep himself clean, ready for the West Ham game, that it was more fun to invite everybody around his house and stuff. He was rubbish. I thought he was rubbish. I thought Madison, when he came on, was the offer something again off the pace. Lesson learned, boys. You know, just just look after yourselves and try and try and try and keep yourselves in the best shape that you possibly can. We just had that little bit more class in other areas, didn't yeah. we? Vardy, superb. Ricardo, I don't know what's happened to him. We'll talk about him maybe another time because he was pretty tragic. Castanio, I thought, was absolutely brilliant. Tielemans has got that that kind of pass. They they just didn't really turn up, did they at all? It, it, which again, I'm not I'm not complaining about. It was it was a one nil game. If ever there was a one nil game, but one thing's for certain, nobody cares. It was semi finals, quarter finals, all about results. Let's just say, let's just have a little a little say so about Kalichi, by the way, because it's worth bearing in mind, he has single-handedly scored the winning goal in quarter-final, semi-final, and the fifth round. It's quite, some, it's quite something what he's, what, what, he, what he's achieved. Let's be honest, he was always going to score, wasn't he? You just knew <laughs> it. I don't know why Glenn Oddle, I don't know why Glenn Oddle gave him the man of the batch. I thought his, his overall game wasn't particularly good. He was always, always going to score. And of course, when it dropped for the second time on that left foot, you just knew what it was going to do. It's going to hit the back of the net. And and it was one of those games when it hit the back of the net, you thought to yourself, I think this is going to do it. I do think this is going to do it. We have we have plenty of chances for the second. Madison looked like he could have. He, he, he could have hit the net a couple of times, but doesn't make any difference. We're through. It's a tough game against Chelsea on the 15th. But isn't it just absolutely brilliant to finally see us in an FA Cup final? Absolutely brilliant. We've got plenty, plenty of weeks to think about it. Just just touching on uh, the Perez choice, I, I, I was surprised and disappointed and I, I put it down to the fact that extra time was a possibility and he, he obviously was worried about Madison's fitness 
But I think, Norm, you know, we, we talked about James Ward-Prass and the, and the team, and, the, and you mentioned the defenders quite rightly, Killer. The, the, the team were very disciplined about not giving Ward-Prass a shot um, from a free kick. I think that, that, was a, that was very, very well done by us. He was kept largely quiet. And then, you know, to Killer's point, Norm, once Madison replaced Perez, did, did we, didn't we see the golfing class there? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And I, I, I think, look, I mean, I was moaning a little bit about Perez and um, Ricardo, but look, it's as, as Killer said, it's the semi-final. It's, it's only the result that matters. And we were very disciplined. The defence were great. We did the job. Um, Madison came on. He did, I thought he did look a bit bright, maybe a little bit off the pace at the beginning, but I thought he was, um, you can see what he can bring to us. Um, I think Rogers has subsequently come out and actually said that he's not quite at the fitness levels he, he needs to be starting. So I think that's that's obviously why he's, he didn't start. I mean, hopefully he'll uh, have a couple of days training before the, the West Brom game on Thursday and we'll be able to start. So I think that'll make a big, a big difference for us. But yeah, look, it's the result that matters. And you're, you're a hype killer. Kelechi was bound to score. And apparently is the leading scorer in the FA Cup competition since, I think, since 2015, something like that. He's, 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 he's scored more goals than anybody else in that competition, yeah. which is, you know, again, credit to him. And with that goal yesterday, becomes the season's leading scorer for Leicester. And who would have thought we'd have said that? Yeah. So, so, so thank you, Thank you, Kalechi. Thank you, Brendan. Thanks. Thank you, all the team. Did you you didn't go in the eighty-two norm? Did you? Did you? Did you go, Killer? Yeah, I did. Yeah. You, you went. And what can you what can you remember about that? Well, not a great deal because I think I mentioned to you on a previous show. I was about two foot tall, <laughs> and um, and my uncle took a little crate for me to stand on because I was actually. Uh, in that, in the big Holt end, it was half half the Leicester fans were in the Holt end. The other half were were Spurs. I, I do remember vividly that before the game or the lead up to the game, that Jot Wallace was very bullish about our chances. He he said we're going to win. Don't don't worry about it. We're good. But that that was a little bit Jot Wallace at the time. We went there obviously as underdogs. We played a good Spurs team. You know they had people like I mean Glenn Oddle played. You know, they had our dealers, Gareth Crook, so good side. Um, and we just didn't really quite turn up. So the whole game was really, really, really disappointing. And um, just really nice to have on the next semi-final, because, you know, to, to, to think it was so long since since the uh, the last one, that, that we just won the, the game. It was just all about winning the game, wasn't it? We did it. Yeah, yeah, ab- Absolutely. Amazing um, opportunity now for a few weeks to look forward. And Norma, it is, it is Chelsea rather than Man City, which just you know it just gives us that that shout, doesn't it? That we we you know we, I think if you'd envisage that we're sitting here tonight talking about it being Man City in the final, I think in our heart of hearts, you know we we would we we'd probably be quite pessimistic, wouldn't we? With it being Chelsea, I mean, I was trying to think if there's two more evenly matched teams in the Premier League at the moment, at any point up and down the league. And I think I think Leicester and Chelsea is probably as close as it gets. Yeah, I think that's a really good shout. I, I think it actually makes for a, a what should be an actually a pretty decent final. I think um, any, whenever you play Man City, you, you're never really expecting too much from the game, are you? You know how good they can be. But if if we if we turn up for the final, which I'm I'm sure we will, 
I think we can put on a really good show. I think it'll be a really, a really good, good game between two, you know, decent sides. And let's be clear, Chelsea are a good side. I mean, it's it's going to be no, absolutely no pushover, but it's going to be no pushover for either side. And I think the odds you mentioned there um, kind of reflect that. That's it's not far off a 50-50 game, really. Um, and that just makes it really, really, really exciting. And you know, it's, I can't believe it's been 52 years since we were last in an FA Cup final. I mean, the fact that we, it's just, it's, you know, we're not a huge, huge club, but kind of feel we'd have been, we ought to have been there a little bit, a little bit more than us. And with everything that's gone on with the, uh, well, which we're going to discuss shortly about the Super League, I'm pretty sure it's fair to say there's not a neutral in the country that will be wanting anything other than a Leicester victory on the 15th of May. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. And I think you know we do have a few non-Leicester li- listeners. It is important to get over why this cup's so important to us, and 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 it is that when we were growing up and getting dominated by Forest, and you know even Derby were better than us. It, it it was not realistic for a club of our size to win the top division, and we we know we went on to to do that. So this has been the dream and the hope for so long. And I mean, I don't know, Killer, did you get any? You must have got a few. A few. The phone must have been beeping a bit yesterday. Yesterday evening. Yeah, absolutely. It was. It was great. You know, social media caught fire with the fact that it's uh, that, that 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 we got to the, got to the final and stuff. It's the missing piece of the jigsaw, really. And, yeah. and I remember going back to the Martin O'Neill years and the, and, and the, the very first League Cup final. It's the only time on the semi-final at Sellers Park. It's the only time I've ever attended a football match with tears in my eyes because I thought to myself, I'm going to watch Leicester at a domestic cup final. If you had turned around to me then and said, actually, you're going to see Leicester three times in the League Cup. Oh, and by the way, you're going to watch them <laughs> lift the Premier League title and I'm going to throw in an FA Cup final as well, plus plus a decent run in the Champions League, you'd have turned around and gone, hang on a minute, <laughs> what, what, what's going on here? Feels like it's the missing link. Look, it's going to be a tough game, but even if we were to lose the game, it's not particularly nice thought, to some extent, watching your team walking out of Wembley, cup final, showpiece occasion, I know there won't be there won't be any, well, there will be some fans, sounds like we're going to get about 4,000 tickets, 20,000 overall and stuff. Forget that. It's been a lousy 12 months for everybody. We, we missed football for a long time. Isn't it great that actually when, our, when the season got going, we performed really well in the league and a cup final as well to boot. Just, just fabulous, fellas. Yeah, and it does reinforce the, the point, and I think made the point last week or the, or the week before. You know, this club is not choking. This club is not falling away. And uh, it would have been easy to choke yesterday. Uh, Southampton have nothing else to play for at all. Felt like they didn't put on a great display, but as they were moving the ball through the midfield at times, I'm, I was worried. And I was particularly worried after that after the West Brom result that they'd had. I thought, blimey, they're saving themselves for this. So they, it, could, it could easily have gone wrong. And we put in a, a really, really professional display. And we'll, we'll look ahead a bit more to, to Chelsea uh, nearer the time, which ironically, 15th of May, of course, the weekend we should have been playing them in the league um, uh, with, with, a, with a sense of irony there. But but I mean, j- just to touch on them for a minute. And, you know, my, my thoughts are that they've got a couple of... Um, They've got a couple of decent players um, in the midfield sort of area. Clearly, Kante 
Um, Mason Mount, if you want to include that. I don't think up front they've got too much that we should be worried about. And I reckon you can get at, get at them at the back, Norm, as well. Yeah, I think we can certainly get at, them, get, get at Chelsea. And I don't see any reason why we couldn't, can't score a, a couple of goals. I have to be honest about um, Chelsea's strikers. Giroud worries me because I always feel that he, he's the kind of guy that tends to score against us, you know, big, good in the air. So I, I would like to see him not playing. I'd, I'd much rather them stick with um, kind of a Havertz and Werner um, because I think we'll have a much a much better chance with those. Very expensive, but seemingly not quite so uh, good at the moment players. But I hope I'm not cursing us with that. But look, it's a massive it's a massive challenge. But they should be as worried about us as we should be worried about them. We've got a great side, and yesterday's result is going to, I think, is going to see us kick on for the rest of the season. And what a great thing to look forward to, and the players playing for a place in the final. I mean, the next few games, eminently winnable. So, come on, Leicester, let's do it. Yeah, and Kelly, I'm intrigued you mentioned 4,000 tickets. I thought there might be a few more than that. I think they're talking about 20,000, aren't they? I can't, in these times and in this situation, I can't imagine too many of them would be corporate. There might be, I guess there'll be some NHS ones again. Um, where, where did you where did you pluck the 4,000 from? East, East Midlands News. East Midlands News, they literally put the whole... That they just moved their cameras to outside the club shop, and uh, and the figures that were given were the, the, the twenty thousand available, four thousand. I suppose on a percentage basis, if you think about it normally, it's ninety thousand for an FA Cup final, you and you get about seventeen, eighteen thousand. So I'd imagine percentage wise, probably about the same. So yeah, four thousand guys. Um, I'm going to finish the show in a minute and I'm going to move my sleeping bag down to the, uh, to the stadium. So won't, won't be available for the next couple of weeks, I'm afraid. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, those kind of figures sound about fair. I mean, the, the final's still going to be a test event. So having too many people travelling too far is, is possibly still a bridge too far at the moment. So they, they want to make sure everyone's safe and secure. And it's great that the NHS workers are going to get tickets. Don't begrudge them that one one little bit. Ut- utterly, utterly deserved to be able to go and see, hopefully, a fantastic football match. And uh, and like I say, the neutrals will be on our side anyway. So um, I'm sure a lot of the NHS people will be uh, supporting the Foxes for us. I'm sure they will. And certainly the, all the rest of London as well. So, uh, yeah, brilliant. Well done, City. Well done, Brendan Rogers, and well done, the team. Thank you for giving us this. And it's just such a great thing for us to now to look forward to for a few weeks at the end of, uh, at the end of a really particularly torrid year for Leicester. No one has had it worse than Leicester. And uh, this just feels like some uh, really just reward. Now, for every... Every good story has to have a villain as well as the good guy, doesn't it? And just as uh, as we were we were settling in to watch the match, the news was breaking that these reptiles running the big six clubs. I hope you can see my uh, my little uh, speech marks there around that on the basis that ninth place Arsenal are one of them somehow. Um, I have contrived to create this Super League and everything that you will already have read about. So we're not going to bore you too much with with the detail of what's happening. Um, Killer, initial reaction? I'm fearing for your cat again. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, the, 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 there is a bit about that. Look, 
I'll just echo what everybody else has said much more eloquently than, than, than I'm going to say as well. The, the one thing I think all six football clubs will be surprised about is the reaction, because there isn't just a massive reaction in terms of the football world, which I think they would have probably they would have probably expected. Actually, this is this is opening news story on the BBC National News. You've got Boris Johnson's got involved in the debate. You know what I mean? This is now all of a sudden become an absolutely enormous story. And if you think about it and you follow it through, there might be an argument to say, well, it's not going to affect the Premier League, is it? Presumably it's only going to affect the, the, the Champions League. But it isn't because you know exactly where this is going, where this is going to evolve. 12 football clubs, they're already talking about it being more. Let's call it 18. Let's call it 20. When it becomes a league, then all that's going to happen is that those six clubs will drop out the domestic league and will only play in the European League. And obviously then they will set up their own cup competition. It's just absolutely horrific. And the more you think about it, the more you shake your head. All I would say is if I was one of the organisers of this huge circus, which is going on at the minute, is just stop for a second and have a think about it because we've seen changes in our lifetime. We've seen changes to the formats of league and the structures of league. We saw the Premier League come about and, and, and everything that was that, that, that Sky brought to the table. And all football fans to a man sort of went, yeah, that sounds really positive. We, we saw a change from the European Cup to the Champions League where all of a sudden it wasn't the, the team that won won your league, it was the top two, the top three, top four, then competed into the little mini league before it went into knockout. Again, there was plenty of support. I can't remember any change in football in terms of structure that has had 99% of fans, all of them, even fans of, the, of those six saying, no way, I'm not getting involved in it. This sounds absolutely rubbish. Now, without fan support, I think I think the whole thing's on the whole thing's on really dodgy ground. Now you've also got UEFA turning around and saying we're going to ban anybody that plays to playing a World Cup and playing in the European Championships. Apparently, the Premier League fourteen clubs that are involved are meeting tomorrow. Obviously, now we have the the opportunity for those six clubs to take massive point deductions. Don't rule out a, a second Foxes Premier League win, guys, <laughs> on the back of that, will you? Yeah, so, so suddenly becomes favourable if they all get deduct, deducted 30 points. And, and it's us and West Ham. Us and West Ham well, well, in a well, shootout. What price, what price can you get on us for the double killer? Well, yeah, it's a good point, actually. <laughs> a very, very good point. But do, do, do you know what I would say? I mean, I'll... I'll shut up talking in a minute and let you you two you two have your say. Okay. But to some extent, I sort of as the day went on and you reflect on it and stuff, you end up thinking to yourself, could we have expected anything else, really? If you think about what's happened in our in our game, we've got foreign owners owning foreign football, owning domestic football clubs, and with some of the richest people in the world. You take Manchester United, for instance. Apparently, you never see the Glazers at the game. You never see them. You just don't even see them there. They they sort of carry so little interest in the fortune of the club beyond the balance sheet. And when you start thinking about it in those terms, you start to think to yourself, actually, 
Is this such a surprise? Have we actually reaped what we sow? Has the Premier League, and it's been on that cusp, isn't it, for a while of almost being toxic. Some of the wages that are going on, you, you, you know, you've got bail on half a million. Harry Kane apparently touted that his new contract could be pushing a million quid. Raheem Sterling, 400 grand. You've got, a, you've got players at football clubs that don't even play earning quarter of a million a week. To some extent, you almost think to yourself, maybe this was simply the trajectory that it was always heading towards. Should we be surprised? Surprised? No. Second? Yeah. I think I mean, when, so, when we first... Uh, so, sorry, no, I, I, I'll come to you, but I was just going to say, when I first heard about it, I, I, I had two, two immediate reactions. First one was complete shock, the level of how far they'd got with organising. Um, and I thought, blimey, you know, you've got people resign from positions in UEFA to take up positions on this new board. This feels like more of a done deal than I could ever have expected. My second reaction was a very Leicester City reaction. Thank God we're not in that. You know, now, if we get into the Champions League this year, like, like everyone else, I will be excited if we can play Juventus and Real Madrid and all of, the, all of these clubs. And maybe we could get in the Champions League for a couple of years. I think the second year, second year would be exciting as well. Over a 10, 15, 20-year period, I don't want to watch Leicester City playing Juventus or Barcelona every single week. Frankly, I want to watch us playing West Ham, Crystal Palace, Newcastle, and all the teams that we traditionally have rivalries in history with. And I honestly think that most fans... Um, in the in the Premier League would say that, and I honestly think that virtually all the fans in the in the Big Six would say that as well. So I I, I think they are massively flawed in their thinking, unless they think that the markets in Asia and Africa more than make up for that. And actually, they've watched the last year playing in front of empty stadia and said, you know what, we can probably get away without the, without the UK fan base at all. Really, there's a much bigger market out there. But the important thing from the Leicester point of view, Norman, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have your say now, but but within this context, so I think there's three scenarios that could play out, and I, I might have missed one. One is it's a bluff. So they're bluffing, they just want to get more money out of the Champions League, more favourable type of, of Champions League. That has yeah. to be a possibility. The second scenario is that the Super League does take place with those clubs still in the Premier League. So much so... I have a question, so and I want I'd like you to think about these scenarios from Leicester City's point of view, uh, you know, and, and one obvious one that springs to mind there is that the top four becomes an irrelevant competition. So Arsenal are never going to win the Premier League, but they'll always qualify for that. What on earth are Arsenal Football Club ever playing for in that scenario again? The third one is that the Super League takes place and UEFA are good as their word and do throw them out. At that point. The strongest club in this country becomes us. <laughs> oh God, it's um, I, I, I think that if my my gut feeling is that it's not a total bluff, but I think that they're posturing for more money. Um, this is they've done this for years. I mean, it's always been on the cards, hasn't it? In the, in the background, that little threats of this league, this is obviously the closest they've actually come. And the fact that they're making, you know, the, the people have resigned, etc. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a concern. I am desperately hoping that UEFA in the premier league 
are strong enough to stick to their guns. And of those three scenarios you've said there, if they do go for this Super League, then those teams should not be allowed to play in the in the Premier League. And therefore, we would be, if not the one of the one of the strongest teams around. And I'm if you don't mind me just moving away from that a little bit, I'm I'm actually very grateful today hearing the fans of those and again the speech mark big set. I'm very, very grateful to hear the reaction of nearly all the fans, you know, accepting that this you know, the embarrassment that their clubs are involved in it. It's 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 re, it's refreshing and, and there is unity behind you know completely for everyone that this is not the right thing. I don't think I've heard anyone come up with anything particularly positive to to say about it whatsoever. And that gives me hope that it will eventually be um eventually be sort of shot shot down in flames. But if you don't mind me coming and challenging you, Tim, you said you felt that the big six had misread this. I don't think they've misread this at all. I think the owners have no interest and no understanding of what football means to communities and fans and this country and worldwide. they All they are interested in, and Killis mentioned this, is the balance sheet. And they are running these clubs as a business. And the Premier League has become a victim of its own success. It's where all the money is. So all these owners are wanting to come in and take a piece of the action. And surprise, surprise, the piece of the Premier League pie, which is absolutely enormous, is not quite big enough because they think they can get a little bit more from somewhere else. And, and interestingly, help all the European sides out. Because you know what? The yeah. British sides, the, sorry, the English sides do not need this, this Super League. It is Juventus. It's the Italian sides and the Spanish that need this. We don't. And I think it's a little bit of a shame that we don't operate on the German model, which is like the... I don't fully understand how it goes. I'm not going to be worse. I'm not going to be tempted. But it's like a 50 plus one thing where fundamentally yeah. it, pre it prevents really rich owners coming in and doing what they're, they're, they're doing to the game, which is probably why teams like Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund are, whilst I'm sure if it, if it comes to fruition, will end up having no choice but to be in it. But they're, they're stepping away from it at the moment because they haven't you know their their clubs are run by fans it's and and yeah it's 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 just a, a huge 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 concern but gut feeling is it won't happen because of this reaction i do think that eventually someone's going to sit down and think you know what it it does matter so much to everyone that this this isn't going to work let, let me come back to you on the misread point, and then, and Killer, I, I want to throw you a, throw you a situation over. So the the, the reason I think there's there's a, there's a big misread on on there, but apparently there's five billion in it for them. There's three but three point three billion in the current Champions League, so they, they get more money. We know how the football club models work. Seventy or or in many cases, nearer eighty percent of turnover goes on player wages. The the desire to have the best players in that scenario will be higher than ever. And as you've alluded to, Norm, actually the split of the cash will go to non-English clubs in, in a much more beneficial way than it currently does. More and more of that money will just clearly go to the players because they're all going to need the best players to try and get to the top of that league. 
So all I see is player wages within that league spiralling much, much higher. And I'm not sure the clubs are particularly going to be that much better off. But Killer, here's one for you. We have um, regularly talked about our admiration for Harry Kane, who, by the way, did he notice he finally got a haircut? Unlike Pogbrews, had three or four in this lockdown somewhere. Harry Kane finally got his haircut, I know. So fair play to him. He just does everything right, doesn't he? And in that scenario where um, UEFA do stand firm and say you're not playing, not only in the domestic leagues, but you may not play for your countries anymore, much like the scenario that some listeners will remember back with Kerry Packer in the cricket, back in the in the 80s, I think it was, when a Rebel Tour was set up, they were not allowed to play for their countries. Now, if that happens, here's one for you, Killer. Um, Harry Kane has... But it's widely documented he may well leave Spurs this summer. Let's say he can double his money going to one of those clubs. But as the captain of England, you will never play for England again. Where does he go? There's no chance at all, given the fact that Harry Kane's a good lad, that he would ever not play for England. So, so, so but, 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 but you're quite right. It's, a, it, it, it's, it's an interesting one. It's just a really, really horrible scenario. Well, I'll tell you what was really interesting is already, and you've got to bear in mind, to be a manager and a player now of those six teams is absolutely horrific, isn't it? Because that's all you're going to get asked. Straight away, the microphone's been wedged underneath Jurgen Klopp's chin this evening. And he's come out straight away and says he doesn't like it. He wasn't consulted. The players haven't been consulted. Now, Interestingly, no German teams involved in it. And obviously, when I say no French teams, he's principally talking about PSG. But straight away, potentially, they could be two clubs or three or four clubs that might be turning around and offering lifeboats to some of these footballers going, do you want to play? You want to carry on playing for your club? Yeah. Well, come and play for us then. And then all of a sudden you go, this is <laughs> this could then become absolutely ridiculous. One point, I'm just going to totally endorse what you've just said, Tim. Roman Abramovich has never made a penny out of Chelsea. He's lot, you know, he's he's invested millions and millions and millions. And apparently the only reason he's ever done it is because now the whole world knows Roman Abramovich, and therefore it's it gives him a business advantage when he's doing deals. So you're quite right. More cash doesn't mean that he's going to be able to take any. It just means all the players, the agents, the transfer fees around those around those clubs goes up. And, and you're quite right. I think it's a misread. I think it's a miscalculation. It looks at this stage. I don't think it will go ahead because I think public opinion will, will and, and the ramifications are going to be so severe that the players will turn around and go, you do this, I'm out. Um not all of them, but you'll certainly find out who your real mercenaries are, won't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. This story will uh, hopefully run. There could be a, there could be a, decent, uh, a decent ending in this for, for City. And, you know, I, I think once again, our, our owners would have conducted themselves in the right way had they been offered, unlike those small teams like Arsenal and Spurs that were instead. But there we go. I'm sure they would have said no. I'm absolutely Tim, confident they would have said no. Tim, can yeah, I just, go for it. Sorry, one more brief thing. And I'm, I'm sorry to my brother-in-law, George, who is an Arsenal fan, but the fans are against this. Um, just a little fact. There are 19 clubs that are not going to be in the Super League that have reached the Champions League quarterfinals, including Leicester, 
since Arsenal were last in the Champions League quarterfinals. Very yeah, interesting. Arsenal, it? Not, not, shouldn't be there. Arsenal is the one that I find amazing because I, you know, with respect, and and even if there's a fair equal portion of the money, they, they will not be able to compete in that league. They can't compete in this league. They, they well, look not, at Spurs. What, what will they look be at, playing for every week? Forget, you know, I mean, one thing. What about Spurs? Seventh in the league, sack the manager tonight. Do you know what it sort of, it feels like, guys? It feels like a fat bloke, brackets Arsenal, has been asked out by Cameron Diaz, brackets European <laughs> Super League, and they've just turned around and gone, who me? Who me? You, you want you want me? Yes, Where's the cash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I used to, I used to be thin and in shape, but look at the state of me now. And Cameron's going, no, 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 I want you. I just literally just opening the duvet up, and the fat <laughs> folks sort of get. That's what it feels like of a hostel. It's it's embarrassing, seriously. What a wonderful analogy to, to leave to leave that slot on. <laughs> so, superbly popular. Right, um, we have got a double game week uh, coming up in terms of West Brom and Palace. Then, and it's uh, we, ne- we never like to, like to look too far ahead in terms of the Palace game. But to set the scene, uh, City have got four games that look eminently winnable, and then four games that looks much more tricky. We reckon going back uh, two or three weeks ago, we probably need 12 points. Could end up being 13, but perhaps 12 points. If we were to get them in the first four games, it would give us all a few less sleepless nights. So so looking ahead to a resurgent West Brom norm. Um, resurgent, but, but probably not quite going to make it. Um, how are we feeling about that one? Um, look, I've got to feel pretty, pretty confident. I think they're basically down but of the two games i would suspect this would be the the more the more challenging the ch- more challenging one but look it's they've had a good little run we've just but we've just we've just got to the fa cup final I mean, we're going to be on a we're going to be on a high the players are going to be playing for their places and i think the confidence that yesterday would have given the club um will will be more than enough to see us through they can be dangerous but so can any premier league side but if we don't go if we don't win these or get at least you know 10 out of the 12 points in these next four games then really we probably don't deserve it i mean we're good enough to do this so i i've, I've got no no real no real fears apart from the normal nervousness of being a leicester fan and playing any other team it's it, it's going to be a challenge but we'll be i'm sure we'll win the game fairly uh, fairly comfortably is there any danger killer of us taking our foot off the gas, protecting ourselves against injuries ahead of a cup final? Some of our, you know, Schmeichel, Vardy, you know, a number of them so might not get another shot at the cup final. I just get the feeling, but with Brendan in charge, you'll make it very clear that unless you play well, then your place is, your place yeah. is up, for, up for grabs. So I think I think it's a good good question, Tim. No, I don't, I don't see that. And, and ultimately... Let's be honest, you're still down to what do you want? Do you want to win an FA Cup or do you want to play in the Champions League next season? I don't know the answer to that, but if I was a player, the answer the answer really would be both. Yeah. So I think it's each each game as it comes. I'm going to make a really bold predict, prediction. We can keep that, that back three fit. Then I think we've got the opportunity of heading into that FA Cup final unbeaten. Yeah, I agree with that. That would be magic, wouldn't it? Right, so coming on to our predictor table, 
with the ever-reliable Trumpwell's IPA. And uh, with the Saints game, Norm and I, <clears throat> it was prediction within 90 minutes. So Norm and I had us to win. Killer had us at 2-2 two, two for that point. So Norm and I picked up a point, leaving Killer on 12, me on 20, and Norm on 23 with a double game week. So uh, Norm, have your predictions for West Brom and Palace, please? You certainly can. I am going to go for the same score for both games and I'm going to go for 3-0 Leicester wins. Go on then, Killer. Top that. I'm going to go for 2-0 against West Brom. We haven't really touched on Palace, so I will touch on it briefly. I don't think there's a better fixture this time of year than Crystal Palace. They're always safe. Brilliant. And they always just totally, totally, totally just give points away this this end of the season. Um, So I'm going to go for 3-0 Leicester against, against Palace. I think that's an excellent point. Uh, killer about Palace. Uh, they're, 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 they'll be on the beach, one hundred percent. So, um, yeah, very good. And I'm going to go three-one West against West Brom and two-one against Palace. So, if you want to get in touch with us on this week of all weeks and share your thoughts and excitement about our fantastic achievement in getting to the to the cup final, it's Leicester City Pubcast at gmail.com. And if you don't want to get in touch with us, that's fine too. Just enjoy these moments and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed the Leicester City Pubcast, please subscribe and tell everyone about it. If you hated the Leicester City Pubcast, please keep it to yourselves. See you next week.